I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Today, six Bay Area counties announced shelter-in-place would stay in place until the end of May, with some very limited resumption of low-risk activities. It's an announcement with few details, but one that was anticipated. And still, it's a blow to any hopes of a quick return to normal. Joining me to talk about what this means for the Bay Area is Aaron Alday. Aaron, um, the coronavirus curve, we've been saying it's flat. Uh, We've flattened the curve. We've shattered the curve. Hospitals in the Bay Area are not overwhelmed. In fact, some places are cutting pay of nurses because there's not enough patients to take care of. If the idea of shelter in place is to make sure the healthcare system is not overwhelmed, why do we need to extend this another month? So I think there are a couple of main reasons. Um, One is, you know, they say that they still don't have the case counts where they want it to be. So we're see we're still seeing, even though the we're seeing this flattening of the curve, um, we're still seeing more new cases reported every single day. Um, and so, you know, those those case counts are declining each day, but I don't think they're gonna feel really satisfied until we get to the point where we have, you know, a couple days in a row at least of no new cases at all, which we're frankly not really close to that yet. Um so that's that's one of the first things is you know, until we get those, we need to get the case counts low enough that we can stay on top of it, that we have the resources in place to, to be able to, to control infections. Because, because as soon as you, you loosen up shelter in place, you know, we're going to have more people interacting. These handful of cases that are out there could so easily explode and cause a whole new outbreak, which would send us scurrying right back into shelter in place. So that's one of the main things is we're not quite yet at where the, the, they want the case counts to be. The other issue is that we we need to, and this is almost the more pressing issue at this point, is we need to have these resources in place to be able to monitor um, and our, our, our communities moving forward. So that means having all the testing that we need, um, knowing that there's enough testing to test everybody, you know, that we need to be, be monitoring. Um, and then having these contact tracers, having these this, this staff in place to be able to, you know, quickly identify every new case, jump on top of that case, get those folks in isolation, get their contacts in quarantine. I mean, there's just a lot of resources that need to be lined up. Uh, to make that happen. And then, you know, there are a handful of other just sort of preparation things they need to be thinking about. I think, you know, nobody quite knows yet what to expect when we open up. And so the thinking is that this needs to be done very slowly and very carefully. And we need to have, you know, all of our all of our systems in place as much as we possibly can to keep an eye on this thing before we're really ready to to open the gates. And I think we're just we're just a ways, you know, I'm talking to folks and hearing everything that needs to be put in place. We are, you know, weeks away from from really being ready for that. Weeks away. So does that mean you're optimistic that this extension might be the last one? Well, it's it's tough to say because I don't think I don't know that we're going to have, you know, a moment where they say it's done, you know, shelter in place is over. It's going to be my guess would be, you know, over the next month that they'll they'll do things like, let's say, open up some golf courses. People can go out and play basketball again. You know, maybe we'll allow some like outdoor activities. Um, Napa County is already allowing some construction to go on. So there will be things, you know, a loosening of restrictions that we'll see over the next month. And then after that, once we hit the end of May, when, you know, this current shelter in place has now been extended to, you know, it may be they say, 
okay, you know, certain workers are ready to go back to their offices as long as, you know, their employers have have proved to us that it's a safe space for them to be. Um, and then, you know, a month after that, they may say, well, retail stores can open. Um, I think we're just going to have this really slowly unfolding. And it's possible that we may not ever have, you know, a full lifting of restrictions until, frankly, you know, we have a vaccine for this thing. This um, announcement today about the Bay Area counties extending the order, they did provide some leeway for low-risk activities. They haven't said what specifically those activities are. Do you have a sense from speaking to the health officers themselves of what those might be? Yeah, so I think that... It's, you know, they're talking about reopening some parks in places where those have been closed. I think it would be like parks and playgrounds, you know, swimming pools. It would be, it would be outdoor activities for the most part. Um, I'm, my guess would be that that's the kind of stuff that they're talking about. You know, again, golf, you know, golf courses, tennis courts, things like that. The things that were sort of the last restrictions that were placed on us, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. I lose track of all time, so I'm not sure when exactly that happened. But, um, <laughs> you know, things that allow people to sort of maybe interact outdoors. Um, we may see some of that stuff coming back. You know, when I talked to folks last week, uh, the Marin County Health Officer were, you know, they've locked down all the beaches and all the parks in Marin County. And he said he was keeping a close eye on other counties, um, including down in Southern California, and Santa Cruz, where they've reopened beaches, and he was going to see how that played out for them. You know, if they were jam-packed with visitors, if people were not following social distancing. And based on what he saw, he would take that into consideration as to what he might do in Marin County. And I should add that even though the Bay Area counties, the six counties, have been working together on these shelter-in-place orders, a lot of those individual counties, they may be making some of these decisions on loosening restrictions on a county by county basis. So they won't necessarily all all do exactly the same thing as far as loosening. Um, I think that's going to be based on what is best for their community. But one of the things they're worried about is, you know, like Santa Cruz, for example, opened its beaches and like within a day, it was just like packed with people. I mean, we had photos that ran um, over the weekend with a story I wrote where, you know, people were playing volleyball and just like hanging out and the county immediately had to jump on and tell people this is not for you to go and hang out again. This is, you know, opening up the beaches for you to get exercise, for you to just be outdoors and be healthy. But if people are going to gather in place, you know, we're going to find them and we may have to lock up again. And so that's the kind of thing that I think the local counties, the Bay Area counties are keeping an eye to see how this plays out. The last thing they want is, you know, open up Stinson Beach and have it be overrun with like everybody in the Bay Area who wants to hit the beach again. Oh, let me tell you, the people who live around Stinson and the people who live along the San Mateo County coast, they do not want people coming no, to their neighborhoods. Exactly. I get the emails from them. They are they are really not happy about what happened that first weekend, which, you know, my my feeling is you can you can understand people who've been cooped up, particularly, you know, kids in the city. Like they they recreate in the headlands and they recreate on the beaches and and it's it's a it's a really difficult problem for people because they're trying i think in most cases to do the right thing it's just that everybody wants to get out at the same time right and i mean but all you have to do is look at that and see how complicated this reopening process is right like if just opening up beaches 
unrolls this whole, you know, cascade of of problems. You know, that's just one tiny piece of this. Like I had somebody emailing me this weekend saying, wait, I heard that they're opening up swimming pools in San Luis Obispo. Do you know where and which swimming pools? Because I'm dying to swim again. And it's like, well, that's that's not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> you know, you don't want everybody filling up Driving the same swimming pool. To- exactly. <laughs> A road trip. That's not the point. No. Uh, Aaron, I want to take a break and but come back and talk about the counties and how they're all getting on the same page and the ones that aren't. We'll discuss that right after this. Aaron, it, it seems like a lot of our attention across the country has been focused on governors, whether it's Governor Cuomo in in um, in New York or you know Governor Michigan or Gavin Newsom here in California. But it seems like these decisions are kind of, of of when to reopen seem to be a little bit out of the hands of the governors at this point. Am I wrong? It's you're not wrong. Um, it's I mean it is very complicated. So. Basically, in California, I mean, it is essentially in Governor Newsom's hands. So he gets to make that decision. And the state order supersedes all of the local orders. The state order is somewhat less restrictive than a lot of the county orders, especially in the Bay Area. So there is room for, say, reopening beaches and reopening parks and playgrounds and stuff because the state order doesn't call for those things to be closed necessarily. Um, So in that sense, there is room. Um, I think things are going to get interesting as this progresses and you're going to have more and more counties that are actually going to want to move beyond what the state order allows. Um, and we're already seeing that pushback. You know, there are already some counties, especially more rural counties that haven't really experienced this outbreak. They've had very few, if any, cases. And for them, it's been a real hardship to have this economic issue for a disease that hasn't hit their community. Um, and so I think a lot of those places are saying we want to start reopening our restaurants, at least to locals. We want to, you know, start reopening our economy. And so far, you know, the governor is not allowing that. Um, but I think we're going to see more of that play out over the relatively soon. I think that's going to happen over the next few weeks that there's probably going to be my guess would be that the the state is going to start telling places as long as you have a plan in place um, for, you know, testing for contact tracing. Um, the, to me, one of the most important things that doesn't get talked about a lot is these counties need to come up with these, these indicators, which is basically, um, kind of metrics, data points that they follow in their community that tells them, gives them an alert that maybe they're seeing a spike in cases that testing haven't hasn't uncovered. So like if you see suddenly a lot of people coming to the emergency room with flu-like illness, you know, they're having their cough, they're having coughs and fevers, that might alert you that there's something going on in your community. You wouldn't typically see that in the summer. So they need to come up with these things that say, okay, if we get so many new cases, people testing positive, if we get so many new emergency room visits, something happens that's that tell us there's something going on and we need to like start shutting things down again, or we need to pull back at least a little bit. So I think as long as a lot of these counties have some of that stuff in place, that there may be at some point down the line soon, some leeway for them to reopen. Um, Because, you know, the big concern is that Los Angeles, for example, is still having a lot of activity going on. They're seeing a lot of cases. Um, They're a lot sort of deeper into their outbreak than pretty much any other part of the state. And the big question is, well, do we have to wait for L.A.? to get, you know, its situation under control before the whole state opens. And I don't think that that's going to be how this plays out. Um, But we're still, you know, we're still waiting for that. 
Yeah, the, over the weekend, uh, photos of people at beaches in Southern California, I think, shocked everybody um, with just the amount of people crowded onto beaches there. And I, it, I really, I wanted to ask you: Is that collective outrage? Is that what we should be upset about? People going to the beach? Is that really as dangerous as a b- movie theater or you know having dinner parties at your house? I mean. Or is it just a very visual representation of uh, people wanting to get out and be around other people? I mean, my take is it's definitely the latter. It certainly is not nearly as dangerous as people gathering in large groups indoors. That is like the worst thing. And we probably, you know, I don't know about movie theaters. That's a good question. But I don't, you know, we're not going to see large gatherings indoors for quite some time. That's a ways down the line. Um, But yeah, how much risk is there from people gathering outdoors? I mean, it's probably not like a lot, but you know, we still have a lot of virus in the community. There's still a lot of that going on. And those people, if they're, you know, not household contacts and they're getting together and having picnics and hanging out, um, then certainly we will see infection spread from that. Um, even if it's outdoors, it can still, it's not like you can't catch it outdoors. Um, so I think the thinking is that we're still way too early in this outbreak for people to be interacting in that way. I don't know that it's like, everybody's, you know, mad or that it should be, you know, angry at people going and doing that. It's like you pointed out, you know, we've all been cooped up. We're in California where people are used to being able to go outside and exercise and be healthy. And to that extent, it's understandable that people would want to do that. So I think it more raises a question of how do you reopen these beaches in a safe way? Is there some way to limit it just to locals? Do you have to, you know, just have more you know, officers out there, you know, issuing tickets to people. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I think that that's something that, you know, we've got to be staying on top of as we do this slow reopening. This is, I I already know what you're going to say to this, but there've been so many studies that show, you know, in, in some cities, as many as one in five people may have already had this. Um, And we know there's a huge asymptomatic spread of it. Is this slow reopening, could it be a good thing that it slowly spreads through more of the community and and as long as the hospitalizations stay, stay manageable, it's a way of fighting it to getting to herd immunity? Or is that, am I just absolutely trying to find some silver lining in this? You know, I actually don't think, I don't think you're crazy talking that way. I mean, I think it's something that people have thought about and certainly... I mean, that's sort of the idea of flattening the curve, right? It's not necessarily to stop, you know, all infections or to to stop everybody from getting infected. I mean, the thinking is that at some point, the vast majority of us are probably going to be infected with this. Um, I don't know. You know, I kind of get mixed answers in terms of is the idea being, you know, to to keep as many people as possible in in the population from ever getting this until a vaccine comes across comes up. Or is it just to slow down the transmission enough that, you know, it may be we get a lot of cases, we get to the point where even we have herd immunity, but it's spread out over such a long period of time that we never overwhelm our hospital systems. Um, And frankly, not overwhelming hospital systems saves lives. So, you know, that's been shown. And, And obviously, if we if this thing does spread out wide enough that we get herd immunity, you know, we're going to lose people. Some people are going to die in that. Um, That's just the nature of this thing. But it's true that if we can spread it out and slow it down enough that we can provide really 
you know, focused, um, careful treatment, then we will save lives of people, you know, who might have died if we if our hospitals were overwhelmed. So I think that that's possible. I don't think that that's, that's really the goal, though. I mean, Nobody thinks that I talk to in Cal thinks that in California that we have widespread um, immunity at this point. Um, I think most of the studies that have been done so far are showing pretty small, you know, representation of people who are potentially have already been infected. So something like 5%. Um, and even those studies are sort of questionable. So we just we honestly just don't know what the spread is so far in California. But the point is that it is it is pretty low, which means that the vast majority of us are still vulnerable to this. And I don't see that there's really any way for us to get to a level of herd immunity, you know, before a vaccine comes along that would be done safely is sort of the impression that I get. Are there any other takeaways that we should that we should know about from the shelter in place order that was uh, extended today? Well, I think one of the things they said today is that they are by the end of the week, they're going to give us much more details about, um, you know, what what this might mean. I think what types of, of restrictions we might see loosened. I mean, I'm hoping honestly, we might see some loosening by the end of this week. Um, and that could be, again, that could be kind of outdoor places opening. It could be, you know, resumption of some things like construction, um, activities that are deemed a little bit, you know, lower risk. So I'm hoping more information about that. I'm really interested for them to tell us more about what these trigger points might be that would send us back into shelter in place, like what metrics they'll be looking at to decide when it's safe for us to start reopening and when, you know, we might be in danger again and need to go back, you know, lock things up again some more. Um, I think that that stuff is really important to get out to the public. I mean, I'm certainly just really curious to see what that will look like and and how that will be something, you know, how we'll be able to monitor that as a public. I mean, I'm really curious to see that data and to follow it over time and sort of, you know, play at home <laughs> as far as looking at how we're doing and when we might get out of this and, you know, what, what it's going to look like over time. Great. Aaron, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you to Aaron Alday for being with me today. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 